0: Good morning, everyone. Isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord this morning? There's no better place to be than this. Remember, this is the greatest day ever. I'm going to tell you why. This is the greatest day ever. The Lord has challenged me over the last couple days and for a few weeks about the message I'm going to bring this morning. The title of my message is, Our Journey to a Life of Thanksgiving. It's funny because we just had Thanksgiving. You know, in this country, Thanksgiving was founded as a holiday where we can actually give thanks to God for what he did in this country. We know this country has abundance. This country is blessed. This country has many things to offer. People flock here just to be in the freedom and embrace our country as the way God intended it. I said all that to say this. Our journey starts somewhere. Everywhere you look, there's turmoil, discontent. No one knows what's going on. There's lots of things that we're going to discuss this morning about that. But like Elder Skip said when he was opening the church, he said, you know, that we are in Christ. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim. We proclaim the praises of him who called us out of darkness and moved us into his marvelous light. How special is that? Right? And I said that we're surrounded by people that murmur, complain, backbiters, tailbearers, people that detract. They seem to get all the attention nowadays. It has nothing to do with God, what God's doing, but they get all the attention. Why? Like I said, it's a journey. But how do you get To the thanksgiving. How do we get to the royal priesthood? How do we get to the holy nation? How do we know that we're his special people. Called out of the darkness into the light. When we're surrounded by complainers. Do nothings. People that seem to have all the attention. But have no answers. They don't even have identity. They struggle with who they are. They don't know who they are at all. They have no foundation. They have no principles. Yet they here are proclaiming things that have nothing to do with us. Say it. They have nothing to do with us. We are God's chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, right? That's who we are, right? Like like Elder Skip said this morning, miracles. We are all miracles. Everyone went through the salvation process, right? We're saved. That's a miracle in itself, how we got through that process. Then we're baptized. I was baptized, right? We got through that process, the identification of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, right? Now guess what? I am a new creation, never before existed. Here I am. Ta-da, right? That's it, right? Wrong. That's only the beginning. We are growing up, or I grew up, not here. I grew up in New York. I'm going to tell you a piece of my story, but I'm going to tell it like this. From a standpoint of a journey, like Elder Skip shared the scripture about Abraham this morning and him raising his hands as an offering so everyone knew that God blessed him, right? I could sit here and tell you Abraham's story like our pastors and pastors before him had said, and he'd talk about his leaving his house of idols and, and going through a journey and going through a whole process and being in covenant with God And that's the look I'm going to get. Like, okay, we heard this a thousand times. I'm finished. But that's not it. What I'm trying to say this morning is it's a journey. Everyone has a journey. Everyone has a story. Everyone has a purpose. Right? If you asked me when I was small, when did your journey in Christ begin? I would tell you, my family lived in New York at the time. Okay? And at the time, my grandparents had like a dual homestead thing going on. Half the time they lived in Florida, half the time they lived in New York. And they are smart. You know, when it snowed in New York, they lived in Florida. And when it was nice and sunny in New York, they kind of swapped. But I got to experience different environments. As a small boy, I said that because my aunt and uncle also lived in Florida. My family left New York, we had this trip planned. My grandparents came up and they're like, You know, we're going to fly down to Florida. We're going to have a big family get together and know what to do, right? So I can remember where I'm excited. I'm so excited. I'm going to get to go to the beach. I'm going to get to see the ocean, not the Hudson River, the ocean, the ocean. I I can't say the ocean. I'm like with waves and white sandy beaches. Yes. And then they tell me, you know, my family, they live only like a block away, I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. You know, the mind of a child, a young boy, I'm going to go see the ocean. I'm going to get to actually feel the sand and the sun on my face and partake of the water. I thought that was great. I thought that was going to be the best ever. I get there. I'm not saying it wasn't great. But that afternoon, something else happened. You know, we're riding in the back of my grandfather's truck back and forth to the beach, right? Back then it was cool. We didn't have to have seat belts and all that stuff. We just sat in the back. We were big, right? And that's when my cousin, she led me to the Lord. So if you asked me when I was small, I would say that's when my journey started. And I would say, okay, I was led to the Lord. And it was a process from there. You know, from there I grew up to be a teenager. And I I, I got to be baptized when I was a teenager. then you know what's the significance of that? Because... I can tell you my family was divided when it came to God and His statutes and His words. I said I grew up in New York. Everyone knows New York is the Empire State. It's all about commerce, money, dollars. It's, it's power. Money is power. You're not anybody unless you have money. You're not anybody unless you have stature. I'm telling you, I grew up in an environment where we are forced to traditions of men over the word of God and they just forced it on you, forced it on you. Ever since you are small, you can feel it. It's just oppressing. It's just there. And then when I got an opportunity to leave and go where people embrace the Word of God and love the Word of God, and they fulfilled it, it's different. I could tell you it's a night and day difference. So now I'm experiencing that, and I'm going back. I'm like, this is great. I think it's, it's great. But my parents didn't see or feel the same way I did. My dad didn't really like church. And my mom only really went when my grandparents came. But my grandparents, when they always visited, made sure I I went to church. And when I was in Florida, we always went to church. So here I am, bouncing back and forth, not knowing. Well, in the 80s, there was a thing called the Word of Faith Movement. Okay? Word of Faith Movement. God moved everywhere. Right? I was small. I really don't understand because, you know, how much does an 8-year-old-ish person know when that happens? But all I know is I've seen a change in my mother. And then all of a sudden things change. My mother's redirecting and, and, and changing and now all of a sudden we have to go to church. It doesn't matter if you know your father goes, your sister, we're going, we're going. Okay, you know. then it evolves from there. Next thing you know, people start preaching and the move of God is on her and she's trying to put it on me, but it feels forced so I buck against it because I'm a little boy and I don't understand So then she starts talking about things. And then they had this thing. I don't know if anyone has ever heard it, but I'm going to tell you, it happened. For some reason, my mom got the grand idea that it was awesome to write Jesus on the bottom of my brand new basketball shoes. Right? Awesome. As a kid, you're like, eh, whatever. It's just letters. You don't think about it. You go on your way, you're like, you're out in the summer, you're running around, you're running around, you're playing. It's spring. There's no school, there's no nothing. You're just running around, running around, running around. It's awesome. You don't think about it. You got to experience God. Now you're moving, you're growing. You just feel His loving embrace. You feel His warm touch. You feel His heart. You, you, you're, you're starting to communicate. You're starting to understand. Your eyes are open to what He's doing, not just what you're doing. And you're just small. Like I said, you're out playing. You're, you're just enjoying life and the freedom in which it was founded here, through his name. Then the first day of school starts. You're not paying attention. You totally forgot about your awesome sneakers. And then, how often does it happen when you get on the school bus and there's a total open seat that you could take by yourself? So you're a boy. You don't think, hey, I'm going to just stand up next to the window. I'm going to sit with my feet. No, you're going to lean up against the window and stick your feet out in the aisle and next thing you know, it starts. All the mocking, laughing, jesting, and they're just tearing you apart. His shoes say, Jesus, he's one of them, he's not one of us, and that's when the fight began. It got so bad that I got rocks thrown at me, a lot. I can remember being battered and beat up, and you're like, why? And then you're like, it's the shoes. You're thinking it's the shoes. And you tell the bus driver, hey, this happened. And he's like, so walk it off. So I walked home, washed myself up. And then, you know, my mom comes home. She's like, what happened? I told her. And she's like, I'm so sorry. But then she asked the ultimate question, where's your shoes? I threw them away. You threw them away? Why? Because you wrote Jesus on them. And that's why I look like this. Not knowing that there is a greater end. But, so now, you know, the love of a mother. I feel guilt, torment, shame. I just threw Jesus' name in the trash. They're gonna pour it on. Those shoes were expensive, everything. But not taking the time, because my mom is a young Christian too. She didn't take the time to tell me the process because she didn't know the process. The process wasn't taught. But I'm gonna share it with you this morning. So I'm saying all that to say this. It's a system. That I grew up in a power, wealth, of statue, aristocrats. There was a dividing line between white collar workers, blue collar workers. There was a segregation. It's all man's ideas. How many people grew up in a neighborhood where you don't speak unless you're spoken to? It's not like in Florida where you could go into the grocery store and be like, Hi, how are you doing? Good morning. You're watching your grandchildren go in there and they're like, Oh, sweetie, here, have a cookie. It was not like that, not at all. But anyway, I digress. But I said that to say this. The loving father isn't like that. He didn't set up his kingdom like that. He didn't set up our way to approach him. Everyone has a voice. Everyone has a purpose. Everyone has a tongue, right? Why does everyone have a tongue? So you could confess, right? You have the ability to confess God's given word over any situation. You have to grow into it. Like I said, it's a journey. Everything now is at the end. I grew up in a system that was at the end. Your end goal is this. You need to be a millionaire, billionaire, trillionaire. Then you have power to make change, to make establish it, to make nothing. What are you going to make? Nothing. If you have all that money and you don't know how to steward it, what good is it? That's right. They don't tell you that. They just tell you this is the end goal. They're over here. They want you to start here. You go to school. They're already planning from the first day of school your graduation, your job. You have to do this in order to be something. This is what you're going to become, and you've got to decide now in your infancy. Everybody knows, including the Bible, the beginning is shaky. When you start something, starting is the hardest thing you have to do, whether it's in Christ or without. But everyone has a starting point. Everyone out there that's struggling with identity know this. In order to know who you are, you have to know who He is. I'm talking about Jesus. You have to know who He is. Because there's no way to the Father but by Him. You have to know who He is so you know who you are. I could sit here and read you scripture after scripture after scripture, but the thing is, you'll glaze over just like I would. God made me different. Most people, you know... They can hear things and see things. They go through school. They read things. They get things. God made my family creators, builders, visionaries. We work with our hands. It's who we are. We're tangible. We learn by doing and going through a process. I thought it was unique to me, but it's not. Other people just had it taken from them and they didn't know why. Like I said, it's a journey. You were put in a system for over here. Look at what we have today. Everyone would say the millennials and Gen Zs are lost. They don't know who God is. They don't know what God is. And it's a fallacy. I did some research yesterday. I'm not going to bore you with numbers. But the thing is, in a system that's made for over here, is a religious system like the Pharisees, Sadducees, and everyone would have. Jesus came with something new. But they're going to go with the traditions of men because this is from the foundations of earth that was passed down through them. It was forced on them. It wasn't embraced on them. It was forced on them. It's a system that they knew and they didn't want to operate outside of. Just like our education system today. We have a bunch of kids that are operating in a system that was forced on them. They don't understand. But now, they're adults. They're 18, 20 years old. My son's and daughter's age. Now they have the ability to go out there and get what is tangible to them. They're on their own. This system just threw him out there. Broken, lost, wandering, unwhole. Like the Word says, if you're wavering to and fro, what are you going to establish? You're broken. You're not going to build anything. You're going to know anything. And that's the plan of the enemy. Remember, our pastor told us he's a great deceiver. All he wants to do is decept. He wants to look. He wants to just tear you apart and separate you. If he can't tear you apart and separate you and destroy you, He'll blaspheme you. He'll tear down your name. Or he'll get inside your head and try to make you self-destruct and give up what God gave you. That's the system that these were built in. Well, guess what? I'm going to bring you back here to the beginning where it should have started. Because now these kids are older and they don't identify with anything because they don't know who they are. I'll say it again. You don't know who you are because you don't know who Jesus is. And you don't know who Jesus is. So therefore, you're not going to have a relationship with the Father. And over on this side, in this, in this atmosphere, the devil's like, yes. He's going to constantly remind you that, you that Jesus will have nothing to do with you. You don't have a chance with the Father. You don't have a chance at anything. You just need to stay where you are because it's comfortable and it's what you know. And it's totally untrue. It's totally unbiblical and it's a lie. Like I said, he's the great deceiver. Now over here, I'm going to tell you about this place. This place is the place of life. Right? It's today. It's what we live in. I don't care what system you look at. Everyone here woke up this morning. Everyone was gifted the same 24 hours, right? Amen. Well, what about yesterday? You can't live there. Yesterday is gone. And tomorrow's not promised. But Jesus gave us a promise of 70 years and 80 with strength. Those are promises that we can hold on to. But still, tomorrow's still not guaranteed. So the people without identity don't understand how this system is going to unfold. We live here in this 24-hour time frame. This is the now. As I said, it's our journey to the life of thanksgiving. Like I just painted a picture about a time of pain in my life when I was small, but the thing is, look at me now. I'm standing here preaching the word of gospel and the freedom of a nation that someone else paid for this building, someone else Blood, sweat, and tears gave me the ability to stand here. Right? Right. I am thankful for the founding fathers that went before me to make this country an atmosphere where we can praise his name. Well, you just said over here, no. There is no similitude. It doesn't matter. I just gave you what I'm thankful for. We have to be able to approach the Lord in thankfulness. Abraham did it, Isaac did it, Jacob did it, Jesus did it. Can you imagine being the Son of God, knowing that you're going to have to go to the cross? You're going to have to bear everyone else's sin that has nothing to do with you, so they have a chance to live, to buy Him back with a price that they could never repay. You ask the Father three times, take this cup from me. Three times you ask, take this cup from me. And He says, it's not my will to will of the Father. I will only do what the Father says. Jesus did it through ridicule, mocking. They tried to stone him. They tried to kill him. His own family went against him. His own family tried to detract him from the Word of God. He's preaching to people, ministering to people, healing people. And his family's outside, and they're like, beckon him. And he's like, who are my mothers, my brothers, and my sisters? Those that do the will of the Father. Not those that are calling me. The ones that do the will of the Father. You want to know who you are? you got to go through Jesus. You have to do the will of the Father. you got to do it with a thankful heart. He is the God of thanksgiving. He is the beginning and the end. Everyone here talks about God's this, God's that, God's this. They're confused. They're over there. They have no idea. I stand here on this day, as Joshua did, and said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There's your separation. There is no confusion. I just told you that God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it does not stop there. You wanna know who you are? I will tell you who you are. You're on a journey, a journey that's thankful, a journey that lets you overcome the great distraction of that. You have the power that Jesus gave you, his name. Mm -hmm. Jesus rose from the dead. He took the power of death, hell, and the grave and brought it back to the kingdom of the Father so we could live. Imagine all those people in that camp that I just painted a picture of have the opportunity to live just like we do. They just have to identify what we just talked about. If they come over here and they start identifying with the word of Christ and who Jesus is and trying to get to the Father, they could be redeemed same as us. They have opportunity for salvation. They have the opportunity for redemption because they were bought with the same price. They just don't know it. They're under the great deception. We're under the great reveal. We are on the life of a journey. It never ends. It's always continuous. That's why we have to exalt the name of Christ every day. Be thankful. We have to make sure our list of blessings outweigh our list of complaints, our problems, our health issues, our our murmuring, our complaints. That belongs over there, not here. The abundant life is here. God has called us a a holy nation, a royal priesthood. We are set aside. This was founded, get this, this was founded even before the foundations of the earth. You were made with a purpose, for a purpose, by a purpose, with an end. You don't know when it is, I don't know what it is, but it's there. So in order to live, it starts here. The abundant life starts here, day to day, renewing our mind, exalting in imaginations that exalt itself above Christ, always looking at him in all things, Remember who he, remembering who he is. By remembering who he is, you will never forget who you are. Amen. Remember during the Exodus, he told everyone of Jacob's sons, these are your tribes, these are your people, this is your order, this is your place. They have markers, flags. They have statutes, right? And we still operate in this today. You want to understand who you are? You can't neglect Israel or his holy chosen people because we are the people grafted into that system. You have to live, live life daily. Over there is the people that are preparing to die. Those are the people with the bucket lists. I have to do this. I have to do that. Those are the people that aren't these people, but they need to be these people. We are the way, the truth, and the life. How do we get those people over here? We have the example of the great shepherd. He is the great shepherd. He's the one that goes, went before us. He's the one that leads, that leads us beside still waters. Right? Amen. How hard is it in a time where I just told you it's confusing? You want to know who you are? Truly. Do you really want to truly know who you are? Then listen to this. We are the people that serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We know that he is Jehovah Jireh, the supplier of all of our needs according to his riches and glory. He is Jehovah Shammah, God with us. We are never alone. He is El Shaddai, all-powerful, our Father in heaven, the Most High God, the Holy One of Israel. He is Jehovah-Rofi, my healer. He is Jehovah-Rohi, my shepherd. He leads me beside still waters. Surely I have goodness and mercy all the days of my life because he is my shepherd. I cannot shepherd myself. He is Jehovah-Nissi, the banner that goes before us in combat, the banner that's over us in love. He is the one that we bring with us when we are triumphant over our flesh and the devil. That's when we can say he's Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. He brings peace in the midst of the storm. He brings peace in the valley. He is the peace that surpasses all understanding. We get to thank God for a gift of life every day by living it triumphantly. Not here, here. Triumphant. And then you get to read the Bible as you're growing up and then they throw in theirs. My brothers, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Like I just said, he's the peace before the storm. He's the banner all over us that goes into combat. He's the reason that we can beat the world, the flesh, and the devil all at the same time. It's a no contest. Yes. He is God, we are not. He is the potter, we are the clay. We are not the end. He is. Amen. We are the beginning. He is also the beginning. Where do you start? He's going to give you a place to start. He determines where the starting point is. Not us. He is God. Not we ourselves. Right? Like I said, this camp will have you believe you can just step out of the boat, walk on the water. Well, God said, you can go out there and take the giant. You just need rocks. God said. They don't have the revelation. They don't have the heart. They don't have the true heartfelt word of the Lord in their lives. They do not know. They do not feel. They do not care. God made us a caring people. He cares so much about us that he gave his only begotten son. And he gave us an example by Abraham going to the Lord to give his son. Abraham knew this so well that he's like, it doesn't matter. Me and my son, we will return. He knew about the resurrection power because he knew God was. He knew he was a just God. He knew he was a loving father. He knew that he would not take something away from him because he's the God of addition and multiplication. He's the God that told him his descendants will outnumber the sands of the beaches and the stars of the sky. He will not violate his word to prove a point. He is not the one that brings you trials and various trials and temptations. It's that camp. The devil will use those people because they are deceived. It's us by bringing the great shepherd to them when the veil will be removed so they can see who Jesus truly is. Why do you think we're the hands and feet of the ministry? Right? Hands and feet of the ministry. That makes us mobile. We all have jobs. We all have responsibilities. Right? We all live and work in the marketplace. There's a place for them too. We work with those people. We live with those people, eat with those people, fellowship with those people, see those people daily. They're not separate from our lives. They just are absent of the revelation that we have. Our veil has been lifted. We can see God for who he is through his son. We have an opportunity every day, right? And so we don't go over there and start murmuring, complaining about our losses, our aches and pains and our problems. It's because we are the ones that wake up as the learned every morning, as Isaiah says. And we're thankful for what God placed us here. Why he placed us here. Right. Amen. Right. How many times when your kids are small, you, you you're always telling them what to do and how to do it. And then as a parent, as you grow, like I said, our journey, as you're going through the journey with God, you actually realize that, hey, They're small. If I train them in the ways that they should go, like it says in the Bible, the world will never depart from them. They have a head start. Amen. I'll tell you right now, my granddaughters are small. I'm three and five. And they know the heart of the Lord. They might not have the vocabulary, but they know the heart of the Lord. You fall down. Are you okay? Oh, let's pray. You fall down and they're going to walk around like you, like the guy in Samaria. Someone else is going to have to come save you. Someone from over here is going to have to go over there and pay for your wounds to be bandaged and take care of you because they will not. Here you have value. There you're just an item. Here is where our substance, our prosperity, and our life comes from. Life and death are the power of the tongue. These people here will not say anything about the Lord. They will not be thankful for anything. They are only thankful if they tear you down and bring you over in their kingdom. Then they can rejoice. Then they can sleep. Then they're whole because they just serve their God well. Well, guess what? We're not subject to that. I told you, our banner, the banner that goes before us in the combat, we're not subject to the world. We're not subject to the flesh. We're not subject to the devil. We're not subject to the traditions of men. We go by what the Word says, not what we feel. The word mandates us to say this. We say this. I could tell you now, I stand here. I've been preached over, prophesied over. I've been blessed. I've been healed. I've been sanctified. I've been saved. I've been redeemed. Why? Because of the others that went before me. I could not lead myself because I did not know. That's why we're here. You are someone else's encouragement. You were someone else's blessing. Amen. The things that you went through are important. Not for you, for someone else. Yes. You share a piece of your testimony, right? The word of our lips, right? Our testimony, our sacrifice. We have to use our words so people know, right? Amen. How many of you here read books? You better, because this is the greatest book ever. This is the book that you will read, and the author will show up in your living room. He'll talk to you. That's why I tell people, don't read it in the bathroom. That could be awkward. <laughs> what other book does that? Nothing. But the thing is, you know, you learned in school from this camp. Whatever I, whatever, whatever, you read, you can learn whatever that guy knew in, in 20 or 30 minutes, not three or 400 years. Well, obviously, they never read this book. Because every time you read this book, you get new revelation. Remember, when the devil asks you a question, he wants to tear you apart. He wants to make an example of you in front of everybody in this camp. He wants you to be out there. He wants you to know that there is no hope outside of nothing. There's nothing for you. There's nothing, nothing, nothing. He wants you to be at the bottom and pray out of a hole. Well, guess what? Over here in this camp, this is the word of life. This is where we actually pray from a heavenly standpoint with the authority to crush all of the stuff over there and give those people a chance at freedom. How awesome is it where you get to be an opportunist? You know, when you're a small boy, they tell you about Jericho. Joshua in the Battle of Jericho. March around the wall seven times, blow the trumpet and shout, and the wall comes down. Right? And that's where they ended it in children's church and, and Sunday school, and that's where it stops. Right? That's because you are taught by one of them. Over here in a a true word of the life camp, where God truly speaks, moves, acts, and loves, He will tell you you could use it today. You ever had someone come into your presence that's from their camp that's built up like a walled city? Their heart is guarded. They have so much stuff that's torn. That's just they're just they don't want to let it go. They won't sacrifice anything. They're not thankful. They're not grateful. Well, guess what? We have the same opportunity as a church to march around them, to blow the trumpet and shout over them and have that wall tore down so they have a chance to see who they are, bring their sacrifice before the Lord and say, hey, I need to be saved. Amen. I need a new starting point. I need my purpose resurrected through you. I need to be able to see Jesus for who he is so I have a chance at getting to the Father to live the abundant life. Amen. It doesn't matter if you're 7 or 70. Amen. The Spirit, man, has different ages than your actual age. You could see that the people have gone to church in this camp and religious organizations, nothing changes, nothing's new, everything's the same, and that's the way they like it. Well, guess what? Here's where we have righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. This is where we get to be part of the kingdom. Amen. We get to do it as a small age. We know now through a system that tore us apart, but we know now, through the love of the Father, we should come to him as a child. Children have the opportunity, same as us, to come to him, to build and grow. So if you're out there, I don't care if you're in kindergarten, elementary school, junior high, high school, college, or you're seasoned like my grandmother. She's sitting right here. She's 95 years old. I'm preaching to her just like I'm preaching to myself. The thing is, the word of, the, of God is alive. It's accurate. It's bold. It's timely. Man tries to put it in a season so he can learn the days and an hour. And that's this camp, trying to align it with the stars and align it with this. It doesn't matter. We don't serve creation. We serve the creator. All we have to do is know Jesus. You know Jesus. He is the first of many brethren, right? He's our brother. If he's talking to us, obviously he has favor with the father, He's going to tell us where we should be, when we should be there, so we lack no good thing. Amen. He's going to pour out on us, right? right. Amen. Just like those people that He poured out on the feeding of the 5,000. He made sure no one went without food. Amen. He made sure the people were taken care of, Amen. even knowing that on the other side they were just going to fall for the food. But He gave them an opportunity. Remember, he gave Judas an opportunity even though he's betrayed. So if he could go through those things, why can't we go through those things over here and give these people a chance? Amen. Yeah, you might be betrayed. Yeah, they might just show up for the food, but it doesn't matter. There's always the one that you can't see because you're not looking with the right heart. Because when you're over here, you remember your past because the enemy's in your ear. Remember, I told you he's a great distractor. Uh-uh. Don't approach it from over here. Approach it over here from the great revelation, the great revealer. Approach it from a heavenly standpoint. Bring the authority with you over here. Right? That's why you don't go alone. You go in twos or more. It's the power of the assembly. Over here, people are individualisms. They're all about themselves and they like it. Over here, we're a family. We're built together. We're tightly knit. We all have a purpose. Why do you think he calls us the body of Christ? Talks about things like the eye, the eye and the ear and the ear and the foot. And as you're a kid, you're like, okay, great. What are we supposed to do? Head, shoulders, knees and toes? I don't get it. You've got to grow into it. It's a journey. You're not going to get it all at once. Amen. Right? You ever give a kid anything? I don't care what it is. I'll, I'll use my granddaughters. Right? Riley, Grandma bought this for you. You could tell within an instant if she likes it. Oh, I love this. Grandpa, look. Grandma got me this, got me this. If she doesn't like it, guess what's going to happen? That's not mine. She'll stand there like this is not mine. It's Ava's. (laughs) It's too big for Ava. No, it's not. It's Ava's. Riley, you have to be able to use your words and communicate. Just say, I don't like it. No, she'll still argue with you. No, it's Ava's. You're trying to teach her in the way that she should go, but she doesn't want to. The thing is, it's the mind of a child. It's maturity. It's a journey. We all have immature things in our lives that we won't let go. We all have instances as adults like that that we won't let go. We refuse to let them go. We don't want them to change. But God wants us to. Because you can't serve a master in between two camps refusing to let go of something that you want to hold on to. Like God says, you have to grab a hold of what I presented for you. You have to be good stewards. We all have different walks. We have five ascension gifts like we talked about during Pastor Appreciation Month. Right? But the thing is, when it comes to the Word, you have sowers of the Word. You have waters of the Word. You have harvest workers. They're all different jobs. They're all different things. But they're jobs for the church, the hands and feet of the ministry to carry out. Correct? Mm-hmm. Well, who's responsible for the harvest to grow? Not us. Right? Amen. It's trying to put you up there with the potter and not the clay. He gave us the things to do. Amen. He is God. We are not. Amen. We work unto him. Amen. It's by Amen. his name, not ours. That's right. We are his, not we ourselves. How do you think we grow into that royal priesthood, the holy nation, by doing what I just said, outreaching, going before people, giving them a chance, structure. You can't go by what people look like. You can't go by how you feel. Amen? Amen. This is a day and hour that we live in. People don't know God. They don't want to know God because they are totally distracted. We have the power. Jesus made us the hands and feet in ministry. We have the opportunity, like Pastor said, to reach out, pick them up and pull them back and go, hey, this is where you start your new day. This is where you live. This is what the abundant life is. You carry this daily. If you do these things daily, this is where you get to live triumphantly. This is where you get to see your family live triumphantly. I don't care, things get tough, rejection comes, betrayal comes, loss comes, detraction comes, it doesn't matter. I'm not going back to the camp. I'm not going back to the religious traditions of men. I'm going to stand here where the loving Father knows my situation. I am going to stand here and trust in Him in all things. I do not understand what's going on, I don't know what I'm doing. Lord, I'm here like when Solomon was about to be king, crying out to you as a child. I don't understand what's going on. So you come to me in a dream and you ask me, what would you have? And I tell you, I just want to lead and guide, direct my people as a just king. Okay, surely I will add wisdom and riches because you asked just to lead by the direction of me, just like your father did. How awesome is that? We have a, a goal. We have things. The wisest man that wrote the book of Proverbs. You know, as a young Christian, everyone says, read the book of Proverbs. You want to know where you stand? Read that. It came from somewhere. It came from that attitude. But never lose sight. Don't change camps. Don't do anything outside the word of the Father. And always be thankful. And this is a season and time for Thanksgiving. This is a season and time for, thanks, for thankfulness. And this is our opportunity to rise up as a church. And to reign over these people with thanksgiving. We need to show them the banner over them is love. And that's also the banner that will cover them, the rise up and fight to get over here where it's the rightful place, even though they can't see it. It's our opportunity just to present it. But they have to live it and walk it out. Never give yourself the authority or put yourself above God and refuse to carry the message to the people, ever. Like Pastor told us about Jonah, you don't want to be the belly of the fish crying out, God, I'm so sorry. I put my thoughts and desires above you. You don't want to be that way. It's funny for me and my wife, because when we were young parents in the Word, and our kids were small, and they would do really, really, really stupid things, just like when we were kids, you know, you're trying not to laugh because you did stupid stuff like that too and you're trying to bite your lip and you're trying to discipline your child and they're like, you know, your attitude stinks and you really need to change this you need a Jonah, a do-over and then, sure enough, they think it's just as funny as you do and then, and then they start ratting on each other Chris will come over, Becca needs a Jonah, Becca needs a Jonah, look at her I'm like, that's not how it works I guess I need to train them in the way that they should go more. (laughs) Anyway, I said all that say this. Let us never forget as a people. Never let us forget that even before the earth was made, we had a purpose. It's in our body. If you ever, ever, ever struggle and use these words, shame on you. I cannot hear from God. Shame on you because you were created with that purpose in mind. So even before the earth was created, you were created to know the voice, hear the voice, and to activate the purpose. Amen. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a chance to be saved, redeemed, or anything. That's right, Amen. So if you're one of those people, shame on you. Shame on me, too, because I was one of those people. I fought against it, but that's another story. This is a time. We are a peculiar people for a time such as this. We need to be royal priests and kings over our homes. Everyone wants to carry the authority. Everyone wants to have the just hand and the final word. Then that's not it. A just king extends the loving hand. Amen. The justice of the Lord. He judges. We judge on his behalf. But we only judge sin. We don't judge people. We help people. We love people We encourage people. Amen. We're the ones that are called to speak over one another with Psalms sings and spiritual songs. To edify one another. To provoke one another. To what? Love and good works. Right? Amen. Not point out their faults to make us look better. Right? Amen. How many people you know blame shifters, glory grabbers. Oh, well if you let me do it, it would have been perfect. Look, he did it in his things. That's, that's that camp we're not that camp this is the camp of hey we're going to show you a more excellent way we're going to lead God and direct you and make sure you know the excellent way amen. we're going to make sure it's rooted and grounded in the word so it will never depart from you and you can bring it to someone else amen. and when you bring it to someone else that's when you truly know it's of the Lord and you have it because now it's distributed amen. and guess what now he'll give you abundance amen, amen. Thank you for hearing my, my, my words. Words from the throne room. But This is a time that is not to be looked lightly on. I'm going to close the service with this. Let us always look to God in all things. You know, this is a time where we get to reflect on the service and look forward to things. But let us not take for granted of what just happened here. It's just like when our pastor stands here and preaches. The Word of God is, live, bold, and accurate. It comes forth and changes. It reconstructs. Remember, here, Jesus is the foundation. We go and speak the word of the Father, and we use His name on His behalf. He set the precedence, so we have the right to use these things. It's His name. It's through Him, through the Father. Healing comes by Him. Right? His direction. He's the one that teaches us to be a good shepherd, a great steward. Right? He's the one that sets the value on anything. He's the pearl of great price. We are not. He's the one that distributes the talents. And he knows if we're going to squander it, bury it, go and multiply it, he already knows. Everyone has the opportunity. Same thing. Everyone had an opportunity to hear this word just like we hear pastor's message. This is our opportunity to live triumphantly and go out and walk it out. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for You this day. Lord, let us never forget Your Son, Jesus, all the betrayal, sacrifice, and everything He went through so we could stand here today and glorify Your name. Let us look to You in all things. Lord, let us never forget to train our children in the way that they should go. Let us never look down on, on our nose at people. Let us look at people from a heavenly standpoint with your purpose in mind. Everyone was created from before the foundations of earth and you placed a purpose in them. Lord, let's, let us see that and resurrect the purpose. Bring them back to the newness of life which you created for them. Lord, bring them back to build your kingdom and be your hands and feet to bask in your glory, to be under your wings, covered by your banner with love. Let us come into your house as the prodigal rejoicing and singing. Let you place a ring on their finger and a robe about them. Let them come in here and be part of fellowship. Let them sacrifice with us. Let them fellowship with us and be restored unto your name as it should be. In your mighty name, amen.